read something because of something that God really dealt with me about over on Friday. I was driving. And uh, when I was driving, just worshiping God, this, this was just, I don't know, just one of those times just kind of caught up with the presence of God in the vehicle. And the healing anointing came in my right hand, as it, as it does sometimes. And the Lord prompted me. He said, I want you to lay hands on the sick on Sunday morning. So we're going to do that here in a moment. But before we do, um, I made an adjustment back. Some of you remember at the healing conference, I told you about the Lord dealt with me. You've not been properly honoring the healing anointing in your life. And so I made that adjustment. And since that time, it's been manifesting more. And uh, I want to read a couple of testimonies. And uh, this was just here recently. This one came in from, uh, let's see here. Let me read this other one first. How many of you like good testimonies? This came in from uh, Mary Pasker. Are you here, Mary? Where's, there she is. She said, uh, this was, uh, when did you send this on Tuesday? Sent this on Tuesday, I believe. She said, on May 26, I went for a hearing test, and they said I was deaf in my left ear. On June 1st, Pastor prayed for me, and my ear was restored. I thank God for what he has done for me and who he is. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. They said, was it, did they say it was completely deaf or mostly deaf or what did they say? Ba basically deaf, almost completely, not quite maybe. But uh, it's been restored. Did they test the, the have, they gone, have you gone back to have the test to get the, she goes in July. Hallelujah. Now you can't make excuses for not hearing your husband anymore. <laughs> <laughs> praise be to God. I believe he's worthy of some praise this morning. Thank you, Jesus. And then Danny sent this one, I believe, on Wednesday. Danny Shepherd. There she is. After I had co diagnosed with hypodroidism, hypothyroidism, that's what it is. They had, not, they had me on one of the lowest doses of medication to manage it. And everything has been fine for a long time. I started feeling rather tired, or really tired. And I went to the doctor in December. They said my thyroid numbers were very off. I was believing for them to go back to what they needed to be. I had a recheck, I had a recheck at the end of March, and my thyroid was worth, went worse than when it was in December. How I many of you know, having done all to stand, stand? <clears throat> at that time, I had learned I had a few family members who had a form of hypothyroidism and that it was an autoimmune disease. I didn't get tested for that, but I had it on my heart that if during the healing conference in April, Pastor Jay called out for autoimmune diseases, that I would go and have him lay hands on me. So when Pastor Jay called out, uh, called out, I went forward and received my healing. I praise God for my healing and continue to thank him. On May 17th, I got my results back from the doctor, and my thyroid numbers are the best they have ever been. <laughs> praise God. Hallelujah. 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 He is so good. And then she shared a part that I won't share because I don't know if they want it shared. But uh, that, that, that being corrected fixed another thing. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Glory. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise be to God. Praise Hallelujah. God. Jesus. Say it out loud. Jesus. Jesus. Is the same. Is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. Yesterday, today, and forever. He's the healer today, just like he was yeah. back then. <laughs> if you want to have hands laid on you, come forward. We're just going to minister to the sick. Glory to God. The Bible said believers will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. They shall recover. 
That's, the, that's the, our job, lay hands on the sick. Your job is to believe. Remember whenever you pray, the Bible said believe. Yeah. You receive them. Yes. And what will happen? You'll have them. You shall have them. Amen. Praise God. Say it out loud. I believe. I believe. I will receive. I will receive. Those that are here, I will receive. When hands are laid on me. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. All right, honey, you want to help me and come? Stretch out your hand in the congregation toward these as we lay our hands on them. I want to go down to the middle and come this way. Praise God. Father, thank you for the anointing of your spirit on our lives. We lay hands on Matt to impart that anointing into his body. He believes right now that power flows into his body and cures all that the enemy has wrought. In the name of Jesus, we lay hands on you. And walking in the light, walking in the light, walking in the light. And just like Isaiah says, your health will spring forth speedily. Blessings, healing now in Jesus' name. Oh, there it goes. The healing anointing. Be healed now. There it goes, Vince. Be healed now. Receive that by faith. By faith in Jesus' name. Be healed now as we lay our hands on you by God's power in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We lay our hands on you, Carlos, in the name of Jesus. Be healed by the power that raised Jesus from the dead. From the top of your... Oh, there it goes. There it goes. Thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. All the way to his toes. We lay hands on you in Jesus' name. Thank God for the healing power of the anointing that raised Jesus from the dead. Healing her body now. Receive it. Receive it. Receive your healing by faith in Jesus' name. Thank you for it, Father. Thank you for it, Father. Receive your healing in Jesus' name now. Thank you for it, Father. Receive your healing in Jesus' name. Thank you for it, Father. Thank you for it, Father. Say it out loud. I am worthy through the blood alone. And that's all. That's all. That's all. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. That's all. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Oh, there it goes. Thank God for that anointing. Receive that by faith in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Receive by faith right now. By faith. Sing something. We lay our hands on you. Be healed now in Jesus' name. We lay our hands on you. Be healed by faith in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed in
Be healed now by the power of the name of Jesus. Be healed now. Be That's your point of contact. The Bible says, when you pray, believe, you receive. Amen. Let's just take a moment and say, I got it, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Let me ask you a question. Jesus is the one that said, when you pray, believe, you receive, right? Those are, those are his words. Then if he told you to do that, and he is going to hold out on you and not minister that to you at the time of prayer and he told you to believe something that's not true and he's the reason it's not true right no no you know why he told you to believe you receive when you pray it's because you actually do it's because you actually do <laughs> hallelujah praise God praise God Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Jesus would not ask you to believe a lie. He would not ask you to believe a lie. Well, then why don't I see it instantly? Well, let me ask you a question. Let me, let's say you're taking medicine and the doctor says you got this thing going on. Take this medicine and, and it'll, it'll take a little bit, but it, you'll see it. It'll show up. Well, see, you, you take that without seeing it for a while before you see any results. Right? Just do the same thing with the power of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Tim agrees. Tim believes it. How about all the rest of you? <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. The same power that healed Mary, the same power that healed Danny's thyroid is working in you right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. 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 <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. Thank God. We, we thank God for whatever they can do in the natural or whatever we can learn in the natural. But I'll just tell you, there's sometimes there ain't no, no other fix. You know what I mean? But we got the fix when there's no other fix. Glory to God. 
Turn to your neighbor and and say, you know, I'm healed now by the faith of God. I'm healed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Greet three people again and then you may be seated. Praise the Lord. Thank God for the word that tells us how to do those things. Isn't that right? Thank God. Thank God. I remember a lady, we were in uh, Alabama preaching. She was a Methodist pastor's wife. And the pastor of the church I was preaching at, who was not a Methodist pastor, um, this pastor's wife invited her, actually invited her husband too. He didn't come until after his wife got healed. But she uh, was to our meetings because they said, uh, this, this minister has worked in Kenneth Hagin's ministry's healing school and has a healing anointing, and they uh, minister to the sick. And the doctor said, you, 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 there's no hope. You're diagnosed with cancer and only given a certain amount of time to live and invited her to come. Well, you know, sometimes people don't like our kind of believing or our kind of preaching until, until the doctor says that we can't do anything else for you. Then sometimes I get interested and she got interested. So they were sharing the word a little bit with her, but then she came to these meetings and, and the joy of the Lord broke out. Actually the, actually, the first night, the, uh, the, the, uh, she got so hungry to be baptized in the Holy Ghost that she just interrupted my preaching. I can't take it anymore. I want to be filled. She was filled with the Holy Ghost, and she got so drunk, she fell off her chair. And, uh, and then the next night, fell off the chair again. Just, just full of the joy of the Lord. And the second night, her husband was there, and he got big eyes. He's a Methodist pastor. He's like, whoa, what happened to my wife? But she got so happy that she got healed. She hadn't even seen any doctor's report to confirm it yet, but she just got full of the joy of the Lord that she had gotten healed. She believed it. (laughs) Bible says, God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Well, I didn't feel anything. Well, did you believe anything? Well, when I feel it, I'll believe it. Well, Thomas, what are we going to do with you? That's the Thomas kind of faith. You can't have Abraham's blessing with the Thomas kind of faith. To get the Abraham's kind of blessing, you've got to have the Abraham kind of faith. <clears throat> what kind did Abraham have? Abraham, the Bible said he considered not, amen, his own body now dead. And he's about 100 years old. Neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He, he, uh, what's the next verse? He considered not, but he, he uh, uh, counted it. Huh? Counted him faithful, who had promised. Amen. Looked, he looked not at his body. Hallelujah. So that's an Abraham kind of faith. You don't look your body, like your body to see if you've got anything. You look at the Word and you say, whoop, I got it. We just gave you Mark eleven twenty three. That's how you, you just look at that and say, yep, I got it. Hallelujah. And then Abraham grew strong in faith. Giving glory to God. Giving glory to God. Not for what he saw, but what he, what he heard, what, he said, what God said to him. And that's what that lady did, that Methodist pastor wife. She fell off her chair. She's just so thankful. Oh, thank God I'm well. And she got drunk and fell off her chair. 
And she went back to the doctors, and they, they did test after test. They kept thinking their machine was broken. But finally, the doctor said, well, I, we, and then they sent it out to another hospital to see if their machine was working. And, and, and the same thing. She was completely cured. No cancer in her body. Praise God. Praise be to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank God he's still the same today. Praise the Lord. But if you get happy like she did, it, it'd keep your faith active. Rather than looking to see, no, just go, ha, 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 got it. I know Brother Hagin said one time he got healed of paralysis. Remember the Bible uh, talks about lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. He said he woke up one morning after he was healed of paralysis and one side of his face was all paralyzed. He had been paralyzed before. And, uh, and gotten healed and, and been fine for a while. But then he woke up one morning, one side of his face was all paralyzed. He said he'd look in the mirror and smile. And he said this side of his grin would go all the way around his ear almost. And this just did, just wouldn't do anything. He said, I know what I'm going to do. He said, I'm going to go down there to the Pentecostal church tonight. They had church service. He wasn't even a pastor yet. He said, I'm going to go down there and I'm going to have them lay hands on me. And when I have hands laid on me, I'm going to receive my healing. And so he had hands laid on him, and, uh, and well, the, the pastor preached. He was going to dismiss, and he said, well, before you go, pastor, I just wanted to have hands laid on me. He said, all right, come on up here. And he said, the pastor laid hands on him and just said a simple prayer, and Brother Higgins said, I didn't even remember what he said. He said, I'm just waiting for amen, and I was going to say, that's it, I got it. <laughs> and they, the pastor dismissed. Everybody left, and then he walked home. He wasn't married, so he's walking home with a couple young people. One girl that liked him, she said later, Brother Hagin said she wasn't the one. <laughs> but they're walking home, and, uh, and uh, I think her name was Ima Jean. <laughs> said, Brother Hagin, or K Kenneth, his name's Kenneth back then. Kenneth, uh, you said you got healed. Yep, I got healed down there at the altar. That's it, I got it. You said you got healed. And she said, well, I, we walked under one of those street lights back there, and you laughed, and one side of your grin went all the way around one of your ears, and the other one just dead. Nothing happened. said, you didn't get healed. Come on. He said, oh, yes, I did. Yeah, you I just did. don't know it yet. <laughs> they got to her house, dropped her off, went in and dropped her off, and Alma Jean said to Mama, Mama, come out here. Brother, hey, Ken Kenneth thinks he's healed. <laughs> And, and, and come out here and look at him. See if he's here. She examines. She says, Brother Hagin says she's a little short lady. She's looking like this. <clears throat> and does he look like he's healed? Doesn't look like he's healed to me. Oh, Brother Hagin said, but I got it. I got healed. Amen. Yeah. Got it. Got it. And she said, I don't know about that faith stuff. Come on. I don't know. I understand that faith stuff. And, and little Imogene said that. And, and Mama said, well, Imogene, be careful. And she said, you remember he was paralyzed and was going to die. You've got to be careful. He might know something about faith that we don't know. Remember that? He said, I'd be careful. Don't be, don't be criticizing. Just be, just be careful. So they all went to bed, and Brother Hagin said he woke up the next morning, smiled, and both ears went both around those, all the way around. I mean, both, both, both sides of his face, excuse me, went all the way around. And he was completely healed, woke up completely healed. I think the first place he went, I, I was to Imogene's house. <laughs> Because faith works. Did anyone come up here and enter into faith? Oh, my goodness. That's only a third of the people that came up. Did you get it? 
Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Don't believe and don't believe you. Don't wait till you see you got it to believe you got it. Say it again. Don't wait till you see you got it to believe you got it. Amen. You gotta you gotta got it before you got it. Before you see you got it. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Oh, I don't understand that. Well, then you just don't understand how to receive anything from God. Praise the Lord. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. <laughs> Woo! Punch and poke your neighbor and say, I got it. Got it. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. But I don't feel like it. In fact, the, in fact, Pastor, the prayer line, the healing line just seemed kind of dry. The music wasn't going real fast, and I didn't feel anything. Well, maybe we ought to cut it all out just so you don't feel anything. So you're not basing anything on feelings. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Come on. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. That's sermon number one. Did you bring your Bible this morning? Hold it up and wave it. Make sure you got the, make sure you got the Bible. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter number one. 1 Corinthians chapter number one. We're going to get into something the Lord put on my heart here. 1 Corinthians chapter number one. Let's notice verse number nine. 1 Corinthians chapter one, verse number nine. Praise the Lord. You believe in God for utterance this morning? 1 Corinthians 1, 9. God is faithful. <clears throat> well, we could just apply that to what we were just talking about. God is faithful by whom you were called unto the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. You were called unto fellowship. You know, people say, well, I'm not called. Well, really you are. There's a lot of things you're called. Remember the Bible said He wants us to know the hope of His calling. He's called us to fellowship. He's called us to uh, Himself. He's called us, the church is called the called out ones. So He's called us, notice one of the things He's called us to is the fellowship. Fellowship of His Son. Fellowship with God or fellowship with Jesus. Then we got 1 John 1. If you, want, if you don't mind looking at a couple of verses here. 1 John chapter number 1. I just want to get these to you. You can write these down, meditate on these. 1 John chapter number 1, verses 2 through 4. Let's notice what it says. For the life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father, and with manifest unto us. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. These things write we unto you, that your joy might be full. Ooh, glory. You having any trouble with your joy lately? Check up on your fellowship. Yeah, check up on your fellowship. First Corinthians we read, it says we're called to fellowship. Then notice Second Corinthians, one of my favorite verses. One of the thousands. <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter number 13, verse number 14. I want you to go there. Just look at it with me. Second Corinthians, the very last verse 
in the book of 2 Corinthians. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. The Amplified says, rather than communion of the Holy Ghost, the presence and fellowship, the communion and sharing together and participation in the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. Amen. So be it. Communion is fellowship. So when he says the communion of the Holy Ghost, literally it's the same Greek word, communion and fellowship. So notice we're called to this. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, This has to do with our time with God, our fellowship with Him, our prayer life, our not not just reading the Bible, although that's part of fellowship with God. God The Bible is God talking to us. But yet, right on the other hand, people can read the Bible, and I think sometimes do, and they just mentally process it, and they're really not fellowshipping with the one who wrote it. Someone said those words. Someone inspired those words. Amen. And uh, we're talking about a prayer life when we talk about fellowship. And prayer is not a one-way thing. Prayer is a two-way street. Prayer is not talking to God. It's talking with Him. Amen. Well, He never talks to me. Well, it's, it really, He probably is. In fact, I know He is, according to the Word of God. But yet, right on the other hand, we've we got to be tuned into the right arena. It's a little like trying to tune into a television station with your radio antenna. You know, you can't do that. And so you've got to tune into the right frequency. God speaks to our hearts. He doesn't speak to us intellectually. Amen. So, um, Really, God wants us to have a dialogue with Him. Not a monologue, just, just one way talking, but a, a dialogue. And so when we talk about prayer, we talk about our fellowship, we're talking about uh, uh, really a, a place where you share. The word fellowship means to share together in common. Two people sharing together in common. In other words, God, and it's, it's, fellowship is really a thing of the heart. It's just not passing information in our brains to another right. person. Right. We do that at work all the time. Come on. We go into our, the, the boss, you know, this and this and this, and he says this and this and this. That's not fellowship. That's just communing, uh, taking information from your head, giving it into his head, and he's giving his information in his head to your head. Yeah. Fellowship is a heart thing. Yeah. Fellowship is a sharing of things of the heart. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. It's a heart-to-heart thing. Hallelujah. 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 And so, um, you know, the Bible says when you pray, enter into your closet. You can't be in your closet all day long, but you can commune with God all day long. And God, the thing about God is He wants to share. He has things to share. Amen. Amen. So uh, learn to receive what he has to share. This is really one of my favorite benefits, probably the crowning benefit in my book, uh, after the new birth, of course, crowning benefit of my salvation. I don't think we emphasize it enough. I think sometimes, you know, people, they kind of have the idea that they process everything they hear in church Uh mentally and just kind of act on it out of their heads. And uh, they're struggling because faith is of the heart. And fellowship is of the heart. And uh, you and I must learn to do this. Amen. Now, Psalm 91.1, a verse that you're familiar with. We're going to just talk about fellowship with God this morning and getting your own answer through your own fellowship. 
Well, pastor, what do I do? Well, there's a lot of things I can't tell you. I can tell you what the Word says. But I don't know what part of it the Holy Ghost is emphasizing in your life concerning your situation right now. Unless the Lord tells me, and He's not always going to do that. He might do that to help people, but He might not. Because to be honest with you, He wants to wean all of us out of, off of just depending on somebody else. That doesn't mean God doesn't send other people into our lives that we don't need. We need the other parts of the body of Christ. But yet right on the other hand, sometimes we're depending on them and God wants us to look to Him. I know God dealt with me about that real strong when Dr. Dufresne went to heaven. He really dealt with me strong. He said, you were looking to Him. I said, Lord, I know it. I know it. And I had to make that adjustment. Anyway, Psalm 91.1. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. <clears throat> the secret place of the Most High. Now, the secret place is really the place of His presence. And you and I can enter into the presence of God. Yes, the presence of God lives on the inside of us. But we can enter into turning our attention and our hearts towards Him and drawing near to Him in fellowship. Now, we can't get any closer. He can't get any closer to us than He already is because He's already living on the inside of us. So we're not talking about drawing closer in distance. We're talking about drawing closer in fellowship. Well, when I'm born again, aren't I in fellowship with God? Yes. But really, that just because that we have been given fellowship with God in the new birth, that doesn't mean we're taking advantage of that. Actually, the new birth is a restoration of the broken relationship. And that restoration of that relationship has the privilege of fellowship in it. But relationship and fellowship are two different things. Just ask a husband and wife that are estranged from one another. Down at the courthouse, it says they're married. They're legally related. But that doesn't mean they have any good fellowship. Isn't that the truth? And that's true with Christians. Whenever they got born again, it's basically them coming and, 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 and Jesus saying, Welcome to the family and shaking hands with Jesus. But that doesn't mean you know Him. Or know God. Amen. And so um, we read here Psalm 91, He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High. There's a place to live from. I've shared on fellowship in this congregation a number of times, and I have never been satisfied with the utterance. Uh, because what I'm sharing means so much to me because of my own personal fellowship. But you can't. How can you bring somebody else into that? You can just simply give them what the Bible says and get them hungry for it. Everything you need is in the presence of God. Everything you need. You need answers. You need direction. You need counsel. You need comfort. You need strength. You need to know what keeps tripping you up. You need to know your way of escape. Everything. It's all right there. Well, I just, I just need, uh, I, you know, I've I, I just been depressed lately. In His presence is fullness of joy. <laughs> he supplies all our need according to His riches in glory. The glory is His manifest presence. All your needs are met there. That's where it all is. Amen. So he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow 
of the Almighty. And then you read this passage, you could read the rest of the chapter, and you'll find that the rest of the chapter talks about all this man's natural needs in this natural life being met because of verse 1. He talks about protection in the rest of the chapter. He talks about healing. He talks about no plague will come nigh my, my, my dwelling. He talks about all these natural blessings that God has for us. But he's basically saying they all come out of that place, number one, verse number one. They all come out of verse number one. Whoo, glory be to God. Hallelujah. Amen. All that belongs to you dwells in this place. God wants you to come fellowship with Him because that's where all your needs are met. <clears throat> Amen. When people, I, I've, I've, in my own personal life, uh, had to develop my fellowship with God just like you do. But I meet a lot of Christians that I wonder sometimes if they have much fellowship with God. I don't mean that it's not available to them. I mean, do they take advantage of that? <clears throat> Amen. This is a struggle in faith for a lot of believers. They're used to just living in the mind, and God is not a mind. So to fellowship with Him is a struggle, because to fellowship with Him, you have to exit the mind. And, and enter into His presence from your heart. And, and commune with Him heart to heart. Believe God with me for utterance, and we'll get some answers this morning. Amen. And so one reason people struggle in this area is because fellowship with God is an area that you must develop your faith in just like every other area. You've got to develop your faith to do this. Yes, amen. 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 I mean, you've got to develop faith to walk into an empty room, close the door, and believe God to hear from Him. Yes. To recognize His voice to you. Yes. Yes. Amen. Yes. And to get answers. Did the Bible say in Hebrews eleven six, He that comes to God must believe that He is and that He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him? Will He reward you for seeking Him? And what will the reward be? One translation says rather than a rewarder, it says that He will reveal Himself. He'll reveal Himself to those. What, what, what will He reveal? Well, He'll reveal whatever you need of Himself. He'll reveal Himself as your, your supply, your need meter. He'll reveal Himself. He'll reveal your way of escape out of whatever pit or hole the devil's tried to put you into. Amen. Stop Googling it and go to the presence of God. Don't misunderstand me. God, God in His presence might say, do you remember that video you saw and your heart jumped and, and there was something in there that I had for you? That, that go back there. But it was God leading you there. It wasn't you trying to rationally fix it. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Takes faith. You have to believe He's a rewarder. That He'll make it worth your while for you to spend time fellowshipping with Him. You have to believe that. You have to believe that. Well, I did it for an hour and nothing happened. Well, just stick with it. Maybe not that day if you have, you have got to do other things, but just stick with it the next time. Just stick with it. Just stick with it. Hallelujah. And so there's a lot of things that faith is involved here, and I don't have time to get into all the aspects of faith. But let me just say this. One thing you have to do to fellowship with God is believe that you're accepted at the throne, that you're welcomed there. The Bible said we're to come boldly 
to the throne of grace. I just know somebody needs something this morning. And God, God's going to get us into what He has for us. Boldly means you're not, you're not afraid you're going to get hit by a stick, you know. Or that He's going to bring up all your faults and all your failures. Amen. Hallelujah. Condemnation is one of the greatest enemies of fellowship that there is. Satan is the master of separating people from fellowship through condemnation. Amen. But we're on to him. We're learning not to fall for his devices. Hallelujah. So fellowship means sharing together in common what is on the inside of someone else. Amen. And you know, you can share what's on the inside of God, what's in his heart. You know, he, he wants to share it. May I see if they believe it over here. God wants to share. The Bible said God is love. And I tell you, for God so loved the world that He gave. God, love gives. God has your answer. And He's willing to give it. He wants to share. In fact, that's the whole reason He made man to begin with. Adam and Eve were created for God to come in the cool of the evening and share together. Fellowship together. Yes, they were to rule over the earth. They were to take authority over the earth. We understand that. But see, that all comes out of this place of fellowship. Whenever the fellowship was broken, the authority was lost. Right? Genesis is what I'm referring to. But, but see, God originally created them in fellowship with Him. And He would come in the cool of the evening seeking fellowship. Remember whenever they sinned, Adam, where art thou? He came to fellowship. You know what that means? God wants the fellowship. Yes, come on. Amen. Amen. And He has redeemed us back to fellowship. Yes. Glory to God. In other words, He's redeemed us back to where we can receive what's on the inside of Him. Yes. We can be partakers. We can share that in common. It's not just something that God has or God knows. It's something that in fellowship He shared with us. Yes. And now we know Him better. Now we know what to do in our situation. Praise be to God. That's why He created man. Because of His love and He wants to give. He has so much to share. So much to give. Amen. When He wants to share, be available. Amen. Don't be so busy you don't have time for God. For, let me rephrase that. For the one who has everything, your, all your answers. Don't be too busy for the one who has all your answers. Hallelujah. Well, you know, I just know what I believe. Do you know the one that you're believing? Do you know the one that you're believing? Paul said, I know, 2 Timothy 1.12, I know whom I believe. Yes, we know what we believe, but do you know the one you're believing? Fellowship. And knowing God through fellowship is the rich soil that faith grows in. Yes. Amen. Don't try to work faith as a mechanical thing without fellowship. Amen. If I have, if, if you have a child who's only a year or two old, maybe doesn't know me yet, maybe just started coming to church or something, doesn't know me yet, that child can, you know, this stage isn't very high, but if we had a higher stage, that child could be up on that stage, which is against the rules. But anyway, but they could be up there. 
And I could walk up. I'm, I'm a pastor. I'm, I'm a trustworthy person. And I could walk up and say, jump. He's going to draw back. Right? He doesn't know me. But his mama can walk up there. Who maybe is just a little five foot three gal. Weighs 102 pounds. Not as strong as I am. And she could say, jump, Johnny. And he'll jump right just like that. Jump right into her arm. Why? She, he knows her. He knows her. Amen. See, you'll take a lot more jumps if you know God. You'll take a lot more jumps if you'll know God. Well, I know what he said. Do you know how trustworthy he is? Knowing what he said is one thing, but is he faithful? What's his character like? If you know him, you'll trust him. I said, if you know him, you'll trust him. Fellowship's the rich soil that faith grows in. And faith is not just know, the result of knowing the Word. It's a result of knowing God. Yes, God and His Word are one. We know that. You understand that. But fellowship's a hard thing. And you can approach the Word mentally. And, and uh, process it mentally. And really, you aren't going to get to know God that way. Christianity's not a religion. People talk about Christianity and all the other religions. Wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. Christianity is not a religion. It is a relationship with God through the finished work of Christ. And it is a relationship that has fellowship in it. Listen to me very carefully. That's what Adam and Eve lost in the garden. He would come and fellowship every evening in the cool of the evening. Probably, I think, twice a day, actually. But anyway, and God came seeking that even after they fell. What Adam and Eve lost, God went about to get back. Amen. And so what He sought to get back, He accomplished, and He got back for us through the blood of Jesus. Now in Christ, we have fellowship again. Amen. Amen. That's why the Bible says, come boldly to the throne of grace. You have a royal invitation to come boldly to the throne of grace. You're accepted there. You belong there. Hallelujah. Praise God. Satan is a master of separating people from fellowship, whether it be people in the body of Christ, between themselves in the body of Christ, or our fellowship with God. He hates, fellow, I mean, he hates good fellowship with God. He hates good fellowship between us because it's such a part of our, such a rich part of our, and a nourishing part of our spiritual life. Some of you don't get together, you're loners. And that's hindered your spirit. Amen. You need to be around other believers. And not just around them. I don't mean it's the wrong play basketball or something. But I'm talking about just talking the things of God. Just sharing what you're learning. Sharing. But see, the devil hates that. The Bible says God likes it so much. It's the first over in the Old Testament. That whenever his people get together in fellowship, he writes down in, the book, in a book in heaven what they're sharing together. Woo, glory be to God. Woo. I want to I read the book where Jesus would have his prayer times fellowshipping with his father. I want to read that book. Don't you want to read that book? <laughs> Hallelujah. 
That's that's Avon Haggai, I believe. It's the last book of the Bible there. It mentions it. He writes it in a book. That's how precious it is to him that his kids are talking about him. Praise God. Some of you are looking at me awfully strange this morning. You see, this is what John 15 is all about. Abiding in the vine. You know, I'm the vine, ye are the branches. If ye abide in me and so forth and so forth. He's talking about the new birth, number one, but he's also talking about fellowship. Fellowship. Tell your neighbor fellowship. Fellowship. Boy, the more I get into this service, the more I realize we needed this. Amen. John 15, about the vine and the branches, is talking about fellowship and how separation from fellowship causes something to die. Eh? Are you out there? That's what he says, talks about being dried up and withered. Something cut off is dried off and withered. Now, I didn't say a person doesn't go to heaven or their spirit, they, they, they die spiritually if they don't have fellowship. Because that's, that's done in the blood of Jesus, yes, through, legally through the, yes, through the blood of Jesus. It's a relationship. Yes. But still something dies without taking advantage of that yes. through fellowship. Yes. Your faith can wither on the vine. Your ability and your strength to keep on obeying God will wither. I tell you, some people, have fellow, some people struggle with sin because they don't have good fellowship. Because their spirit is not strong enough to keep saying no. I'm going to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. As we go, you're going to see everything comes out of fellowship. The ability to keep saying yes to the will of God. To keep saying yes to the plan of God. To keep, to, to keep saying no to sin. Actually, healing is a, is, is, it, what healing is, is, is a, it comes through a connection with the, the healer. The healer. We, we shouldn't just seek healing, but seek the healer. Amen. Person after person, if they get this area of fellowship right, either with God or with other believers, many of the rich blessings of God that He intended for their lives will start to flow into their lives. Because separation is where the problem is. Some sort of separation. Amen. 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 Praise God. That's the beauty of the New Testament. The New Testament doesn't just give us a legal relationship. It gives us fellowship. Jesus said this is actually what eternal life is all about. John 17, 3. That they might know me, know thee, the only true God, and your son, Jesus Christ. That's what real living is all about. Amen. Praise be to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, remember Psalm 91, 1, regarding this fellowship. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Notice this place of fellowship is called the secret place. Yes. Yes. Now, somebody said, I, I, I could share with you for three services on all the things God shared with me about this. But we'll just, we'll just make a run at it this morning a little bit. What do you think? Yes. This secret place, he calls it the secret place. That means so much to me. But uh, the, the secret place is called the secret place because it's only you and God really know if you're there. Everybody could walk through the door and, and, and it looks like maybe everybody's there, but not, not doesn't mean everybody's there. It's a secret between you and God. Amen. 
You ever had God dealing with you about something and you're not willing to address it and it's affecting your fellowship? Yeah, Yeah, you're still smiling and everybody looks like you. But see, down on the inside, it's like, ah, ah, I'm not there. I'm not there. Tell your neighbor, we don't know who he's preaching about. It must be somebody behind us. And that's that's one reason that only you and God really know if you're there. That's the truth about it. People can clean up nice, wear deodorant, put on makeup, even smile, but they go home and really their spirit's really bothering them. Coming into the presence of God is a struggle because they know, they know what he's talking to. They know what he's talking to. And they're not willing to address that. Praise the Lord. Another reason it's called the secret place is it's because it's the place where he shares his secrets. <laughs> well, I just don't know what to do. You just told off on yourself. You just told off. What? What did I tell you? You told us that you're not in the secret place where he would tell you what to do. Ah, thank you, Jesus. It's the place where he shares his secrets. Glory to God. It's the place where you get answers. Go to Psalm 25, verse number 14. Psalm 25, verse number 14. Now, I'm going to read the Amplified. It's, uh, it's much clearer in the Amplified. Psalm 25, 14. The secret of the sweet, satisfying companionship of the Lord have they who fear, revere, and worship Him. And He will show, underline that, show them his covenant and reveal underline reveal to them its deep inner meaning so this place remember the king james says the secret of the lord is with them that fear him the secret of the lord and so the amplified says the secret of the sweet satisfying companionship of the lord notice that word companionship you know this is fulfilled today in in the the holy spirit coming into the life of the believer when Jesus said, I'm going to send another comforter to you. This is fulfilled today. Jesus walked the earth and he was the companion of the 12 apostles and those that were in fellowship with him. He was their companion. He would share the things of God and give answers. And he would even say he would pray for them sometimes and get things for them. But see, that's, but Jesus said, I'm getting ready to go, but I'm going to send you another comforter. Jesus was their companion when He was here, but the Holy Spirit is our companion. And He said, it's to your advantage. Remember, it's expedient that I go away. That means to your advantage. It's to your advantage that I go away, because the Holy Ghost won't come if I don't go away. So you, you have the advantage in life. This, this fellowship with the Holy Spirit is your advantage in life. It's your edge. It's what causes you to make it when nobody else makes it. Because it's the, it's, he's the one, you, his companionship, notice that word, companionship, the, the, uh, Proverbs 25, 14 in the Amplified, the, satisfying compa- the sweet satisfying companionship of the Lord is with them that revere and worship Him. Then th- that companionship is where he shares his secrets. Somebody said, I don't know how you made it through that. I, I could try to tell you, but if you're not born again and don't know the one who counseled me, then, then it'd be, I could share it to you, with you, but you still wouldn't understand it. I kept going to the place where I kept getting re-strengthened. I kept, I, when I was wanting to give up, I got encouraged. 
I kept going to the place where he gave me the counsel. He showed me the next step to take when I had no idea what to do. And daily I walked with him and walked with him. And before I realized that I was on the other side of it, turned around and I made it. The place where Satan wanted to trap me, stop me, take me out. This is our secret. This is our secret. Our fellowship with God is our secret that gives us all the other secrets. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is how you get to the breaking point and don't break. Because you keep getting reinforced with power and might in your inner man in his presence. And people say, I don't know what's holding you up. Well, they, it's a secret. They wouldn't know it if we did try to explain it to them. We go to the place of fellowship where something on the inside rises up and buoys us up. And we're ready for anything that comes. Glory. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. So Proverbs, then go to Proverbs 3, verse number 32. And again, we're going to read this in the Amplified. Proverbs chapter number 3, verse number 32. These, these three verses have become a major part of my prayer life. Well, these two, um, some of the other ones about fellowship. But Proverbs chapter 3, verse number 32. Uh, let me just read the second part. This is the Amplified. But his confidential communion and secret counsel are with the uncompromisingly righteous, those who are upright and in right standing with him. Anybody in here made the righteousness of God in Christ? Then this is yours. What's yours? This confidential communion. Now notice in these two verses, Psalm 25 and uh, Proverbs 3 here. In Psalm 25, 14, it's the word companionship. And not just companionship, the sweet, satisfying companionship. You know why some people aren't satisfied? They don't spend time in the place where their spirit will get satisfied. A lot of people's dissatisfaction is a hunger their spirit has for God that's not getting satisfied. They interpret it in all different ways. They think they need a new wife or a new husband or new this or new that. Something's got to change. Need a new job. Needs to change something. And they're always agitated. They're never satisfied. This is the root of it. They don't go to the presence of God where He will satisfy the longing of their heart. Their heart's calling out for something. But people misinterpret it. And after eating three whole bags of Doritos and watching TV for four hours thinking they need entertainment, they still aren't satisfied. They enjoy all their recreation and they go home and lay down and they're still not satisfied. Because there's something deeper. Deep calls to deep. There's a hunger deep within your spirit for the fellowship of God. And that, will, that fellowship is the only thing that will satisfy you and make you somebody that's not always jumping and changing. and It'll make you stable. Praise God. So we've got the word sweet, satisfying companionship in Proverbs, or excuse me, Psalm 25. And then Proverbs 3, we've got the word confidential communion. So these words, companionship and communion. Isn't that right? Hallelujah. Now today, the Holy Spirit has taken this place. He's our, com- he's our companion in this life that we have communion with. Yes. Yes. Isn't that good? Yes. So 2 Corinthians, we read that. 
the, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, 1314, we just read that, and the communion and sharing together and participation of the Holy Spirit. He's, remember Jesus said, I'm going to send you another comforter like uh, uh, another comforter that he may abide with. In other words, one, the Greek says, just like me. In other words, you're not at a loss today because Jesus isn't here. He's fulfilling everything that Jesus himself did. The reason, the, the trouble people have is he's unseen. And he's not talking like Jesus. When he was here, he could talk in the natural realm. People could hear him with their natural ears. If you're natural and living in the flesh, you'll miss exactly what Jesus would do for you if he was here in the flesh because the Holy Spirit is doing that, but he's not in the natural realm. So you can't, if you're fleshy, you won't enjoy what we're talking about this morning. Right. Come on. Yes, sir. Or if you're mental. Come on, tell your neighbor this is good preaching this morning. They were not at a loss when Jesus left the earth. And you're not at a loss because he's not here. There is another one just like him that has arrived on the earth. And you're not left with a less than fellowship with God. Because the Holy Spirit is there to commune with you heart to heart. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, he said, I'm going to, Jesus said, I'm going to go. But he also said, I'm going to send another. <clears throat> Tell your neighbor, he has come. He's living right on the inside of you. If you're born again, you receive Jesus. He's living right on the inside of you. Just like Jesus. Another one, just like Jesus. We got to elevate his ministry in our life to that level. I know many of you, if Jesus was here, you'd say, look, you'd be looking for him out every day. Jesus, you'd be at his front door. Jesus, I need an answer. I need an answer. Guess what? The one who lives on the inside of you is closer than having to go across town to Jesus' front door. He's just 18 inches below your nose. Praise be to God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. We've got to develop faith in him. We have to learn to look to him. Hallelujah. So back here now in these verses, regarding his fellowship, this place called the secret place, it's a place where he shares his secrets. Amen. It's a place where you'll see what to do. You'll know what to do. You'll get answers. It's a place of prayer. It's a place at the throne of grace. It's a place of faith. It's a place in his presence. Amen. Praise be to God. Make this an emphasis for your faith. Make developing fellowship with God a target for your faith. Many of the things you've been looking for the answers for will come out of this. Amen. Use your faith for this, and out of this will come all the blessings you're looking for. And when they come through this, they'll come to stay. You understand what I'm talking about? This will be more of a permanent thing. Because you're constantly maintaining this daily, which maintains those blessings daily. Amen. Your mind and your body do not have contact with God. Amen. This is received, this fellowship is received in the spirit realm, heart to heart. Amen. The Bible says the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God. That's 1 Corinthians 2.14. 
Remember Jesus said, I'm going to send another comforter whom the world cannot receive. Because it doesn't see him and it doesn't know him. Right. But you know him. Yes. For he dwells with you. They, he wasn't in him yet. But then he, through the blood, he now dwells in us. Glory be to God. What have you done lately to look to him? Well, I've been Googling, I've been talking to Ann, I've been talking to people, I've been looking. Do you know that's, that's babyhood stage of Christianity? Don't get mad at you cause, no, sir, at me because I told you the truth. Yeah, I'm not preaching down to people. I, one thing I've noticed, the longer we pastor, the less people need to come to us for their answers. Because they're learning to look to the one. He is a counselor. He lives right on the inside of them. That doesn't mean it's wrong to come talk to us. There's other reasons for coming, you know. But, but the point is that uh, many times, if we just look on the inside and get our minds quiet, the answer's right there. It might not be the answer we wanted, but it is the answer. <laughs> Amen. So rather than use your faith for all these blessings, yes, use your faith for all these blessings, but make this a target for your faith. Make learning to access the presence of God and dipping down into your spirit and drawing up your answer a target for your faith. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is fellowship in the spirit. You've heard us use that term, in the spirit. This is something that's done in the spirit. And uh, you learn to practice this. There'll be, life will become sweet. Rather than sort of waiting for Jesus to come, I'm ready to get out of here. It'll be sweet. Yes. Say your neighbor, sweet. sweet. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, the Hebrew here for Psalm, I mean, uh, Psalm 91.1, the Hebrew word for El Shaddai, or excuse me, uh, he that dwells in the secret place shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. The Hebrew word for Almighty is El Shaddai. Yeah, yeah. Tell your neighbor, that means the God who's more than enough. Yeah. Hallelujah. The God, he that dwells in the secret place, shall abide under the shadow. The word, God is, a, God is light. There's no shadow to him. The word shadow is translated all through the Old Testament, defense. Yeah. Yes. Defense. Yes. He'll dwell under the defense of El Shaddai. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Does that bring some meaning to that? In other words, there'll be such a supply flowing in your life, it protects you from what's going on all around you. Yeah. It's a defending thing um, uh, because you go to the one who has it all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is helping me. Make this place not just some place you go to, but a place you live. He that goes to? No, he that dwells. Dwells. You live there. Isn't that good? Make it your home. Hallelujah. I said make it your home. Glory to God. This is, where, this is where life is good. Life is sweet. Life is full of answers. And, and the Lord will have you ahead of the devil all the time. All the time. He'll, just, he'll, just be, he'll be so many things to you. You can't even calculate, and I can't even tell you everything this morning, that he will be to you in this place. He'll warn you of things to come. He'll have you ready for things that he has planned for you. He'll... He'll have you, he'll, he'll teach you about how to cast your care on the Lord. He will be so much to you if you'll learn to practice this. Hallelujah. Are you getting anything out of this? So um, today, Psalm 25, 14, this secret satisfying companionship, this is fulfilled in our relationship with the Holy Spirit. And so answers are part of what he gives us here. 
The Bible says that the counselor in the, in the New Testament, the Amplified says, he's, Jesus said, I'll send you another comforter. The, the word comforter in the Amplified means counselor, uh, strengthener, standby. Isn't that right? Advocate, intercessor. And there's others I'm maybe not getting right now, but there are many things that the Holy Spirit is to us. But these things are ministered to us through our fellowship with Him. Amen. Amen. This is to me what makes life sweet and keeps it meaningful. Amen. 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 Now let's, let's talk about this area of the secrets. Remember the Holy Spirit said, the Bible said about the Holy Spirit, Jesus said in John's gospel, He'll guide you into all truth. Isn't that right? Say it out loud. He'll guide me into all truth. He'll comfort you in hardship. He'll reassure your faith and, and reassure you that you're on the right track. Amen. He'll make impossible things possible. Um, but it's not for everybody. It's available to everybody, but not everybody's going to be able to walk in it. Well, what are you talking about? Notice he said it's for those who worship and revere Him. You have to honor God and be somebody who honors what He says and worship Him for it. Amen? And when, when you do that, this will become a part of your life. It will become stronger and stronger in your life. Look at Proverbs 4.19. Maybe, maybe just uh, write it down. I'm going to go pretty fast here. Proverbs 4.19. The way of the wicked is not so. They keep stumbling over things they don't realize what it is they're stumbling over. He's talking about the path of the righteous in that verse goes brighter and brighter. But the way of the wicked is not so. They keep stumbling over. They, they don't know what they're stumbling over. Have you ever wondered what on earth is going on in my life? Why do I keep get, find myself back at the same old place? You know, answers for that is in the presence of God. Why do I keep going around this same mountain? The answers for that are in the presence of God. Amen. God said here, the wicked don't know what they stumble at. But that's not us. The wicked are in spiritual darkness, not us. We have communion, and we walk in the light, and we have communion with the light. Maybe you don't realize that you keep yielding to fear. Maybe you don't realize that you keep yielding to some uh, offense or something like that, and it keeps tripping you up. In the presence of God, He'll start talking to you about that. Not condemn you, but talking to you in order to show you what's happening to give you, to give you the desire to stop doing that because it keeps sending you around the same mountain over and over again. All answers are in His presence. The Lord said to me one time, He said, when you read that word secrets, the secret of the Lord is with them to fear Him, He said, interpret it this way, answers. When you think of a secret, let me, let me get to something here. This secret have they. Psalm 25, 14. This secret have they. We think of secrets of some, as something we're not in on. It's a secret. Nobody knows that we're not in on it. But notice he didn't say, this secret you are not in on. He said, this secret have they. You have this secret. He's not saying we're not in on these secrets. He's saying there's something we're in on. Like Dr. Frayne used to say, we're in like Flynn. 
<laughs> Amen. This secret have they. This secret have they. There's only certain ones that have these secrets. Who has these secrets? The people that fellowship with God. Amen. Amen. Why do we know them? Because we're in the place, we've been ushered into the place where He shares His secrets. It's called fellowship. Amen. Amen. This isn't for everybody. People may say, I want that. But you have to want fellowship with God. And that includes walking in all the light that He has in that place and whatever He deals with you about making the adjustments. People want fellowship where they get all the secrets, but they don't want to deal with anything that He deals with them about. How can two walk together except they be agreed? To walk with God, you have to conform to Him. You have to take on His thoughts. And in that secret place, when He gives you His thoughts, you have to say yes and no to my thoughts. I lay down my thoughts. I lay down my plans. That way you continue to have fellowship with God. And get this, and it gets sweeter and sweeter and sweeter. People that say no to something He deals with them in the secret place have just stopped their fellowship right there. Doesn't mean he doesn't love them, but he can't go on to them in fellowship. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I'm going on. Tell your neighbor I'm going on. Thank you, Lord. Those who... Notice this term, confidential communion. That has to do with confiding in somebody privately. Amen. I've shared things publicly that the Lord has said to me about different things at times, about the markets and so forth and so on. You know where that came? Privately. He said, this is getting ready to happen. In other words, he said, come here, come here, come here. Uh, This is getting ready to happen. It's a secret. Why didn't he tell everybody? Not everybody's hungry for it. Not everybody wants him that much. Are you with me this morning? Not everybody wants him. They just want his blessings. But if you, there's more for people who want not his, just his blessings, but want him. You know as well as I do. You take certain people that you're closer to into more confidential things in your life than you do others, more peripheral people. Right? And the closer you walk with God, the more you want not just His blessings, but you want Him, the more He'll let you in on stuff. Yes. Yes. Confidential yes. communion. Amen. Amen. And a lot of these things, you're not supposed to go out and tell everybody. Some things God will tell you to, yeah. to say. And you'll just be in the right place at the right time and not at the wrong place at the wrong time because you love His communion. And He'll always have you at the right place. Hallelujah. How did you miss that? It's a secret. How did you get into that? It's a secret. Not that God doesn't want to share secrets with them. It's just that you could explain it, and if they don't hunger for the things of God, they still wouldn't get it. You ask them tomorrow what you said, and they wouldn't even remember it. But to you, it was shared in confidence, and I'm holding on to that. It's life to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
our secret to God's secrets is our fellowship with God. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is precious to me. This is precious to me. Fellowshippers are of the society of those who know. <laughs> Ooh, I'm kind of going there now, and it's a little rough on me. <clears throat> Glory be to God. I'm in the society of those who know. Jesus told parables. He told the parable of the sower, for example. And most of them went away and go, they, they went away and scratched their head like, I'm not sure what he was talking about. The disciples came to him, those that were around and about him, the Bible said, came to him and asked him the parable. He said, it to you it's given to know, but not those out there. What? What? It's the people who are hungry enough to get close yes. to get it. Come on, amen, amen. There seems to be an invisible fence around God that you can't get through without hunger without a desire for Him. It's like a protection. I don't know if that makes any sense to you or not. So you could use this word secret as answers, where you see this, these verses secret. Answers have they who fellowship with God. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Then you won't run out every morning without fellowshipping with Him. Answers can save your life. Amen. Answers include direction, revelation of the Word, knowledge of the way of escape, the spirit of seeing, knowing. It could be a revelation gift. It could be a word of knowledge. It could be a discerning of spirits. It could be just a whole host of things. But answers are answers. Hallelujah. Think of His secrets as the secret to success. People can come to church and hear the Word and mentally log it, but never really fellowship with God over that, so they don't really get it. God wants to take it and privatize it for show you how to apply that in your life. And you start rising to the top, and people wonder what's going on, and you say it's a secret. Not because God doesn't want to share it with them. I've got to qualify that. It's just that there's a place that is revealed, and without going there, you just won't understand. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. People don't know anything about what we're talking about sometimes because they don't go to His presence. So not, not only are answers there, victory is there, reassurance is there, strength is there. Really, there are manifestations of the Spirit. Like, like I, I've been in there a number of times where while I'm there, all of a sudden something, something bold and strong rises up on the inside of me and I see, I see something I need to deal with. I say, you take your hands off of that person. Yeah, yeah, come on. Like you snap your finger, that person changes. Yeah, come on. Yes, sir. Something trying to rise up in the congregation or something like that. Where'd you, how, how, did, how, how does that stuff not happen in Spirit of Faith like other places? It's a secret. It's the truth about it. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. One of the things that I struggle with preaching about this is it's so precious to me that if people walk out afterwards and they're just talking in the natural, it bugs me because mm, they don't get what we're saying. Amen. What was the secret to you making it through some things and not being overwhelmed and just throwing in the towel? You kept going to the place where you got the strength.
to get up again, answer the bell, and say in the name of Jesus. Amen. Say it out loud. It's a secret. Here's one. The sweet, notice this sweet satisfying. Some people are always restless and agitated in life. And they, they never settle. They never stay put. They're always irritable, worked up. They're bothered by everything going on around them. That is not life in the Spirit. And that's not God's plan for the believer. Sweet, satisfying means your spirit is satisfied and settled. And things around you just do not unhinge you. Are you there? There's a calming in His presence. Peace is His presence. Peace is His anointing. Peace is where, is where you can hear His voice. In agitation, you can't hear His voice. But, but there's a reassurance a boldness that comes in the peace of God because you've, you've, you've entered into that place where you're not always agitated and everything and your fellowship with Him. You're living out of that place of fellowship and you're living out of that place of peace. And that peace is so saturated your spirit that it just, you, you just, you just it's like carrying a bubble, it's like carrying a, a tent of God's presence with you everywhere you go. It's just like a protection. Paul said in the Amplified in the, in the New Testament that, he is pe- that His presence may pitch a tent over me and dwell over me. Whew. Praise God. Now go to Mark 4 and we'll wrap this up. Psalm 25, 14 is a verse I've been drawn to for a couple of years now over and over again. And I'm so privileged and honored to share it with you. Just some of the things the Lord shared with me. Thank God. The sweet, satisfying companionship of the Lord. Have they that fear and revere Him. He will show them. He will show them. He will show them. What is it you need to know? God is willing to show. Amen. Psalm, uh, Mark 4, 23. 22 and 23. I better go turn to it. I didn't even write the reference. I mean, I just wrote the reference down. Thank you, Jesus. Psalm, no, where are we at here? Mark 4, 22, did I say? It says in the Amplified, things are hidden temporarily only as a means to revelation. God's not hiding anything from you. Things are hidden not from you, but for you. Things are hidden, this is the Amplified, temporarily only as a means to revelation. But there is nothing hidden except to be revealed, nor is anything temporarily kept secret except in order that it may be made known. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear, and be listening, and let him perceive and comprehend. He said unto them, Be careful what you are hearing. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you, and more besides will be given to you who hear. Oh my goodness, it's time to quit, and I'm... Opening up a whole two, two, two days worth of sermons. <laughs> I just wanted you, the main thing I wanted you to see there is nothing is hidden but that it should be revealed. Amen. God is not hiding anything from you. He has actually hid things in a place where the devil can't go. 
where only you can go because of your righteousness and only you can access them. And when you go in there, the devil can't go in with you. He doesn't know how to get in there. He doesn't have access to God. He doesn't have fellowship with God. But you do. So when you go in there, you escape him. People sometimes come to me and they're always talking about the devil's doing this, the devil's doing that. I can tell they're not living in the secret place. Because in that secret place, you wouldn't have to listen to all that. Ah, don't get upset at me. Amen, amen, amen. Tell your neighbor it's all good, it's, it's true. I'm going to make the adjustment. Amen. Not that was anything kept secret, but that it should come abroad. But, he said, you've got to have ears to hear it. What that really refers to is having the faith to go to that place where your mind is quiet and your heart is open to hear from God. Hallelujah. He's basically saying he's not hiding anything from us. It's our lack of being in a position to hear that keeps us from hearing, not his lack of desire to share. He's good. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, I'm in the group of intimate ones that knows secrets. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our secret is our fellowship with God. That's a secret. <laughs> you know, people, they try to say, they say, well, tell me how to fellowship with God. Well, I can't. I can give you the Bible. But you have to develop it for your own life. Amen. And uh, praise the Lord. Amen. This is not hard and difficult, but it does take a crucifying of the flesh, a shutting down of the mind, and it takes being hungry for this more than you are your time, whatever, surfing the Internet or whatever. Hallelujah. Well, did you get anything out of the Word this morning? Uh, the last thing I want to share here is, notice he said, this is back here in uh, Proverbs uh, where is this? This is in Psalm 32. Notice this. The secret of the sweet, satisfying companionship of the Lord, have they who fear, revere, and worship Him. Notice that. He will show them His covenant. Yes. Worship is the place where revelation comes. Yes. Say that out loud. Worship, worship. Is, the place is the place of where revelation comes. Revelation. Amen. Worship is a part of this fellowship. Yes. You, don't, you and I don't just come in you know, God, I don't need to know about this. God, I need to know about that. No, you come in thanking Him yes. for all that He is yes. and all that He does. Amen. And Amen. worship Him. And when you do that, I've done this over and over and over and over and over and over again. We've seen it here in church many times. We start worshiping God and all of a sudden answers start coming. Manifestations, things happen, things healing pops, things start taking place. What was our road into that? It was worship. Worship is the road in, in, that's, that paves the road into the presence of God. Hallelujah. That's the secret. That's where all the secrets are. Glory. Did you get anything out of this? Another verse I'll share. You can stand with me to your feet unless you want to write this down. Psalm 77, 13. Psalm 77, 13. Thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great a God as our God? Thy way, thy way. The sanctuary in that day was where the presence of God was. It was in a location in a physical building. Today that's on the inside of us. The way is in the... Pre the, the way what? The, way, the next step to take, the direction to go. 
How about this? The way of escape. How to get out of what you've been... What the devil seems to have you locked into. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. There is a way out every single time. Every single time. There's a way out. There's a way out. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? Clarity is in His presence. Direction is in His presence. Refreshing. Wisdom. I like that word clarity. How many of you know clarity is something we need sometimes? It's, things are fuzzy to us sometimes. But we get in the presence of God, things start clearing up. Because what happens is we start getting past our emotions, getting past our feelings, getting past our own thoughts. And they fade away as we get further and further into His presence. And in His presence, all that really is there are His thoughts. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I preach myself happy today. Be like Moses, Psalm 103.7. Moses, it says, Israel knew his, uh, his acts, but Moses knew his ways. See, Moses got to actually know God. He didn't just know what God did. He knew the one who did it, and he knew the way he does things. I didn't come. People come sometimes, and they say, well, the Lord told me to do this, told me to do that. And I just know because I know God and the way he does things, he didn't say that to them. That was their own mind. Amen. Because I just know Him. It's not His way. He doesn't do things that way. Amen. And it'll save you a lot of struggle deciding what to do. When you know Him and know His way, you'll just know, I'm not even going to ask Him about that because He won't do it that way. He already told me in His Word He, he, he won't. <laughs> Glory! Praise be to God. <laughs> Woo! Ah, this is this is sweet living to me. Hallelujah! <laughs> I remember the Lord told me ahead of time a, a season. He said, "Now you're going to go through a season. It's going to be there's going to be a lot of attack against a certain relationship in the ministry." And uh, he said, "But you, he said, Not, but, but I've already prepared you for it, and you know what to do. Amen. And you know what to do." I said, Lord Jesus, Amen. thank you. Yes. And we've been sailing right on through it. Amen. Praise Amen. be to God. Amen. What could have taken others, and, and, and actually has taken others out. Yeah. We've, we're sailing right on through it. Amen. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. Lift your hands from your heart. Lord, I thank you so much for this sweet, satisfying place. Ah of knowing you, fellowshipping with you. Lord, you always bring us right back to what you said in your word. But Father, it comes from a place of revelation in your presence and not just mental things. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You know, if you've been struggling, because this happens sometimes, people come and and we'll share things with them because they're looking for answers. And they'll repeat everything we share. They'll say, I know that. I already know that. I already know that. They might know it in their head, but they haven't been fellowshipping with it in their heart. Because if they were fellowshipping with it in their heart, God would say, now here's what I want you to see. And you would know it in a way you have not known it. It's not a mental thing you've logged in your brain. Information you've logged in your brain. 
It's revelation to your heart. Amen. I'm, I'm convinced this is one of the greatest needs in the body of Christ. To develop faith to fellowship with God. Hallelujah.